want to talk to you today and uh, teach you a little bit on prayer. Is that okay? If there's anything we need right now, it's more power in our prayers, right? So we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to structure the service a little bit different, but I want to teach on prayer. So prayer is the intentional communication with God. Webster defines it as the intentional communication with God. And if we understand that if we pray, then we automatically assume that God is willing enough, He's gracious enough, and He's powerful enough to actually hear our prayers, right? But as believers at RTTN today, we not only believe that He hears our prayers, we believe He's gracious enough, willing enough, and powerful enough to actually answer our prayers, right? All right, so there's 650 documented prayers in the Bible. Your Bible has about a thousand pages. There's one every other page. It's documented. It says this is what was prayed. 450 of those 650 tell you exactly how God answered that prayer. Think about that. It tells you that so-and-so prayed and here's how God answered that prayer. It's documented. It's in there. There is a power in prayer. So we assume that God's going to answer our prayers. Now, I believe this. God has answered every prayer that I have ever prayed. Amen? I have a hard time when he says no. I have a real hard time. I get real frustrated when he says, wait a minute. You're not ready for that yet. Wait a while. I have a hard time with that. We want that answer to be that God's promises are yes and amen. So I'm going to pray it right now, and he's going to say yes and amen, and we're going to be done with this thing in five minutes, right? That's not how it works. See, the power of prayer is exhibited throughout the world, but the absence of prayer has become monumental in our society. The lack thereof of prayer. In 1962, the Supreme Court said that there would no longer be corporate prayer in schools. 1962, the Supreme Court said no corporate prayer in schools. I got two kids in school. You know what I tell them? There's still prayer in school. You just can't lead it and have everybody orchestra. You can close your eyes. You can get in the corner. You can go to the restroom. You can pray in school, amen? You may not be able to have a corporate prayer in public schools, but in 62, the Supreme Court said, let's focus on academics, Let's take the spiritual element out of school, and if we really hone in on academics, then we will produce a smarter, more intelligent student. But look what happened. Since that took place, there's a professor named William Jennis. He's from Cal State Long Beach. Hear me. Cal State Long Beach is not Oral Roberts University. It's not Liberty University, Brother Falwell. And it's not Lee University, Paul Kahn. It's Cal State Long Beach, not known for their religious spiritual values. William Jennis discovered in a study in 2014, after 40 to 50 years of no prayer in school, criminal arrests had increased 150%. Teen suicide had increased 450%. Illegal drug activity had increased 2,300%. Divorce was up 350%. Violent crimes were up 350%. But, Richie, that's, you're missing the whole point. See, we want to produce a more intelligent student. SAT scores have decreased 10%. 
And scholars will tell you that the SAT score is being diluted. It's not as tough as it used to be. It's not as tough as when I took it. We've watered it down, and we're still decreasing in 10%. So they missed the mark. They took prayer out of school, and all these bad things happened, and we're not smarter. We're not increasing our intellect and opening our mind. We're not doing any better. We went from the number one, na- num- number one nation in the world academically to not even being in the top 15 now. Although we spend more money per student than any country in the world. The lack thereof, the lack and the absence of prayer has ruined America to a certain extent. But I got good news. The most undervalued and misunderstood element of human life today for a believer is the power of prayer. Prayer has not diminished. Prayer has not decreased. The power of prayer did not stop in the upper room. You still hold this in your hand. You have power in prayer. I want to teach on this. Power and prayer is a process. There's a process to prayer. The Lord's Prayer, the perfect prayer. At this point in time, many preachers would ask you to stand for the reading of the Word. I want you to stand with me, but we're going to do something a little bit differently. Can you stand? I want to read from Matthew 6. And then we're going to do something very different. I'm going to have you recite the Lord's Prayer with me, alongside me, not after me, not repeating. We're going to do it together. Is that okay? All right, so Matthew 6, and I need it on the screen, Chad, because I absolutely cannot see the fine print of this wonderful piece of leather. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they've got their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I tell my kids all the time, right receives rewards. Just do what's right. Right receives. When it's tough, when you want to get somebody back, when you want vengeance, right receives rewards. The Father will reward you openly. When you seek him secretly. When you pray, do not use vain repetitions. One one translation says, don't just babble on and on and on with many words. Don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows, look at this. Your father knows the things you have need of. When? When? Before. You ask him. He knows what you need before you ever utter a prayer. He knew you would need it before you were created. Today, he knew what you needed. So in this manner, pray this way. You ready? Let this marinate your mind. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Lord, let these words fall on receptive ears. Speak through me today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Prayer is a process. Look at the order of prayer. The order of prayer is very curious to me because there are six praise phrases before we ever ask for anything in return. See, praise always comes first. If you're taking notes, that's note number one. Praise always comes first. See, we start that prayer by saying, Our Father, which means we're recognizing and acknowledging that He is deity and authority in our lives. Our Father, who art in heaven, the very place we aspire to go, right? Pearly gates, streets of gold. I wish you could see my house up there. It's bad. Oh, my goodness. Wait till you see my house up there. And what is your response? Wait till you see my house. Amen? The place we aspire to go. Our Father who art in heaven. Then it says this, hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed means holy. It means sacred. It means set apart. It's a phrase of worship. Hallowed be, be thy name. Thy kingdom come, meaning not me, but thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praise always comes first. Why does praise come first? When you talk about releasing the power of prayer, understand that praise comes first. It's a forced focus on the very person of God. But in the Old Testament, they always sent the praise team in first. Jojo and Tobin went into battle before me and Josh. The praise team went in first because they created the atmosphere. So you'll never walk into this church or any other church that I know of where you'll walk in and at 10 o'clock sharp when it's time to start, the preacher will get up and say, turn in your Bibles too, we're going to read this. What comes first? Praise and worship. At this church, we don't just start at 10, we start about 9.30, 9.45. We start pray, praying and praising before we go into praise and worship that precedes the word. The praisers went into battle first, which means that they had cymbals, they had tambourines, they had trumpets, they had drums. They eliminated all the elements of surprise. But they led anyway because they created the atmosphere. They prepared the way for victory. Anybody need victory today? Praise always comes first. Well, what is the divine order? Why, why do we praise first? Why would we do that? How about, what, what, what do we praise him for, Richie? What, what, I mean, you don't know. I'm hurting today. How about you praise him for your past? Oh, you're way off, Rich. You don't even know. You don't know nothing about my past. Let me tell you something. Praise him for your past because there were lessons learned in that past. Praise him for what he has proven. Time and time again, he has proven faithful that he will never leave you nor forsaken you. Praise Him for your past. Praise Him for what He's proven. How about this one? This is my favorite. Praise Him for what He has prevented. Things you don't know that you will never know. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers of darkness. We don't know what attacks of the enemy that God has thwarted and stopped and prevented. Those times that I and you have left your wallet and your purse, maybe your cell phone on the counter, and you get all the way out of the neighborhood and you get so frustrated because you got to turn around and you got to go back and get your cell phone, only to reach that same spot 10 minutes later and see there was a bad accident. 
that you would have been involved in. Praise him for what he has prevented. The attacks of the enemy that he never allowed to happen. Praise him for your present circumstances. I'm going to go ahead and hit it head on if you don't mind. 2020 stinks. I'm so over 2020. That's all I hear all the time. I'm over 2020. Can we get to 21? We got viruses. We got violence. We got protests. We got racism. We're going... You know what I say? We're here. We're still here. You're in the house of the Lord today. You got clothes on your back, shoes on your feet. You had food on your table. You got a ride to church. A lot of you still got good jobs. You got people who love you. This room is full of people who love you. You can come and assemble in this place and worship God without no fear, no risk of going to jail or losing your life or being persecuted in Chattanooga, Tennessee. 2020 stinks, Rich. I'm so over 2020. Tell that to the people in Haiti. Tell that to the people in the jungles of Asia and and all over the Middle East that are starving, that have no clothes, that have no food. They can't pray to their God. They can't assemble and have church. Communist China. Tell communist China you're over 2020. Praise him for your present situation. What he's doing in your life right now. We're not perfect. America's a long ways from perfect. But we're still the envy of all the other countries of the world. Psalm 100. I love Psalm 100. Put it up. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. i got to stop right there. Go back to number one. I want to tie this together for you because... Not many people know this, but I'm actually in the Bible. There is a direct reference to Richie Hughes in the Bible. Make a joyful noise. Now skip to number two. Come before his presence with singing. I make a joyful noise when I sing. I'm not known for my singing, but I make a joyful noise when I sing. Most people call it noise when I sing. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, I'm not known for my singing, but when I'm in the shower, Luke Bryan, Chris Stapleton, Bruno Mars, I mean, I'm standing there dripping with finesse. I can sing all of Luther Vandross, a house is not a home. When I'm in the shower, I can even sing like JoJo in the shower. All my life, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. Make a joyful noise, all ye lands. Come before his presence with singing. Keep going. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates or his church. With thanksgiving, not being over 2020, being thankful for 2020. Into his courts with praise, because praise always comes first. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Shut it down. Praise enters us into his presence. As we praise him, we can approach his throne. We have access to God Almighty, the creator. 
We have the opportunity to pursue his presence. Pursuing the presence of the Prince of Peace, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Counselor who cancels all fear. See, my favorite scripture is Psalms 27. I have a ministry named Psalm 27, PS 27. I have a business named PS 27, an LLC. On my golf balls, my logo golf balls, Connor, it says PS 27. It does not say Richie. It says PS 27. Why? Because when you pick my ball out of the cup after I make my birdie, you say, what does that mean? What a conversation. I'm so glad you asked. PS 27 refers to Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies and my foes came up against me, they stumbled and fell. You know what that word stumbles means? It means God tripped them up. They're chasing me. They're about to catch me because I got a bad ankle and I'm not as fast as I used to be. They're gaining on me. God says, nope. They stumbled and fell. Times of war in these things will I be confident. The comforter and the counselor that cancels all fear. Psalm 27. Understand this, that praise precedes petition. Praise precedes petition. Ephesians 3.14. Ephesians 3.14 says, I kneel before the Father. See, this is an act of submission. I bow down to my God. There is a posture that is important in prayer. This act of submission says I've surrendered all. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. This posture, this, this presentation is important when we pray. We kneel before the Father. It goes on to say, For whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. You know what that says? That says equality. That says all men are created equal because God gave us the name that we have right now. Ephesians 3.14 I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with that, here's that word, with power. With power where? In your inner being. It's not speaking to power lifting, Gary Keelan. It's not speaking to brute strength. It's speaking to inner strength. Which is where we get our peace. Ephesians 3.14 speaks to that peace. And see, here's what we need to understand. When we say power and praise precedes petition, it's understanding that, ask, Richard, you know, asking you shall receive, not before you praise. Not before six praise phrases in the Lord's Prayer before we say, give us this day our daily bread. See, we prepared the way by praising before we petition and ask. Too many people that don't understand the power of prayer go to God with their Christmas wish list. Oh, God, you got to get involved. You got to help me. God, I need you. I need this. I need, God, I want this. Today, in Jesus' name, name it, claim it. I need, where's the praise? Praise precedes petition. Understand this. My kids get it. My 19 and 21-year-old, they get it. They, they, here's what they do. 
See, the ultimate goal is they want to go to the movies, right? So they need $20. But I don't know that yet. But I know what's about to happen because here's what happens. Daddy, ooh, Daddy, you look good. Daddy, have you lost some weight? Daddy, you been out in the sun? You got a nice-looking tan. You look good, Dad. And I know I'm a sucker. I'm like, yeah, come on. A little more praise. A little more praise. So that by the time they get to the, hey, Dad, we want to go to the movies. Can we have $20? You know what I'm like? I'm like, 20 Yeah. Is that all you want? Is 20 enough? Because understand the lesson here. I'm their father. And I'm saying I got so much more than $20. I got so much more to give you than what you're asking for. Bring the praise and let me give you everything I've got for you. Let me lay it out there for you. I want you to ask, but I want you to praise. I want you to recognize the role that God has in your life as your father. Follow the biblical model. Praise before you ask. Six praise phrases before he ever said, give us this day our daily bread. Before he ever asked for forgiveness, he opened the prayer with praise. Praise confuses the enemy. How can Job praise him when Satan's taking everything from him? When his wife says, curse God and die, how could Job praise him? Because on the other side of that, Job got what? He got double his faithfulness. See, here's what I believe. Favor follows faithfulness. Job, Job received favor because he continued to be faithful in the time of famine, in the times of difficulties. 1 Samuel is another example. 1 Samuel 30, David and his guys were out fighting battles and whipping everybody. Read your Bible. David, I mean, the guy hardly ever lost. They whipped everybody. They just go out and wipe. If he had a thousand, they'd go out and whip ten thousand. He's out whipping everybody. He's out working, providing for his family who's living in Ziklag, city of Ziklag. Now, Malachites came in while David was out of town, and all his guys were out of town, and they stripped them of everything in the city, took all of their possessions, took their wives, and took their children. But watch what David did. When he came back and his family was gone and everything he had worked for was gone, what did he do? What would happen today in Chattanooga, Tennessee if you as a mother or a father went to work and came home and discovered that it was all gone? Your kids were gone. Your clothes were gone. Everything you'd worked for your whole life was gone. How would you handle that? Well, here's what David did. The Bible said he wept to exhaustion. He wept uncontrollably until he could no, no longer weep. He wept. See, there is a grieving process when we go through tough times. It's okay. Psychologists tell us we've got to go through the grieving process. When you lose a loved one, I'm the oldest of three children. And I'm the only one still alive. My mom and dad are right there. My brother died at 28. My sister died at 32. I'm the oldest. We grieved when they died. You've lost loved ones. You've been through tough times. There's a grieving process. Wept uncontrollably. Wept till he could no longer weep. But then watch what he did. He turned that thing around. He went from weeping to worshiping. David wept 
Then he worshiped. And while he was worshiping, he said, hey, God, those Amalekites got my wife, my kids, and all my stuff. Can I go get it? You know what God said? I got you back. Go get it all back. And by the way, while you're over there, David, go ahead and take all their stuff too. See, he, worsh- he, he wept, then he worshiped, and then he won. He got the W. He got it all back. And then he took what even wasn't his. Life's never going to be trouble-free. It's all in the way that you handle the challenges. Let me just go ahead and say it this way. When you're victorious over challenge A, challenge B is on the way. This life will never be trouble-free. It's not intended to be. Otherwise, why would we want to go to heaven? There would be no desire to live if this was perfect down here. If we never had a challenge, if we never had a problem, we wouldn't know God knows how to solve them, Andre Crouch. We'd never know what faith in this word could be. Praise confuses the enemy. Praise provides purpose for your pain. Praise provides purpose for your pain. Does anybody in here farm? Do I have anybody that's a farmer? Anybody? Nobody? Bunch of city folks. I preach in South Georgia. They get happy right here. Woo! Anybody know what a plow does? A plow goes down into the ground and turns it around. See, we're all the time talking about sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. You got to sow. You got to sow. You got to sow. You got to sow to reap. You can't sow until you plow. You can't just throw seed out. It won't take root. So you got to plow down into the ground and turn it around. When you're going through tough times and challenges, you got to plow right through it. Let me tell you something. Don't try to go around it. Don't try to skate over the top of it. Don't play the avoid game. Oh, there's sister so-and-so. I'm going to go this way. you got to plow right through it. Plow in order to seed, which means you're sowing, which means you can reap the blessings that God has for you. The plow keeps digging. I'll say it this way. When you're going through hell, go on through it. Don't stay in that thing. Don't let that thing consume your mind. Start looking for ways to get on through to the other side. Go down into the ground. Hit it head on. Face it. Face your giants. Take your slingshot and get to the other side. Plow right through it. Sometimes I, I, sometimes when I'm, I'm up here preaching or something, I just want somebody to say, keep plowing, Richie. Keep plowing. Keep plowing. I, I'm reminded sometimes when, when y'all get quiet. See, if Pastor Wallace, if Bishop said that, y'all be dancing all over the place. That's what I want to hear right there. Keep plowing. I'm going to plow my way all the way to the Bahamas. I'm reminded of the old country preacher that was preaching, preached a six-week series on living a holy and godly life, and his people were living like you know what. He'd preach on drinking and alcohol, and then he'd go out to a restaurant that night, and six of his members would be belly up to the bar. He'd preach on smoking, and then there'd be 10 of them outside the other restaurant smoking cigarettes. 
He'd preach on drugs, and he'd find out six of his members had overdosed that week. He just could not get through. He had a communication gap. Sometimes we feel like we got a communication gap. So he comes in after six-week series on holiness and godliness. He says, I'm going to illustrate this to you where you can understand it. Even the most simple of minds can understand this, uh, this little illustration. My message today is I'm putting four mason jars on the pulpit. I'm not going to say a word, and we're going to come back next week, and I'm going to show you how to live a holy life, the benefits of living a godly and holy life. And those jars were one ingredient each. One had cocaine, one had whiskey, one had tobacco, and one had premium topsoil. The best soil, the best dirt you could buy. He put one earthworm in each jar. Walked off, dropped the mic, walked off the stage. Came back the next week. Church was full. This guy has lost it. He's off his rocker. He didn't even preach last week. We were in and out of there in 10 seconds. We were at the buffet by 11.15. They come in, and he takes the jar of cocaine, pulls the worm out, fried, dead. Pulls the worm out of the whiskey, just rubbery, totally dead, squishy. Pulls the one out of tobacco, dead. Pulls the one out of the premium topsoil and it flips all over the place. Got so much life, jumping all over the place, going crazy. And he says, does anybody get what I'm trying to say? And old Bubba in the back, you can always count on Bubba. Preacher, I get it. He said, then please tell these people what I've been trying to say for six weeks about this worm in this topsoil and living a holy life. He said, preacher, I get it. He said, if you take cocaine, drink whiskey, and smoke, you won't get worms. <laughs> Keep plowing. <laughs> Isaiah 28, 24 says, a farmer plows then he seeds. In my Southeast Tennessee translation, he works the dirt. He takes what God's given him and he works the dirt. He keeps plowing. See, where there is a cost, prayer is the payment. See, I want to build up my prayer account. Some of y'all, y'all worried about your Venmo and your cash app and all. I want to build up my prayer account. I want to prepay for the next challenge in my life. And I want the answer to come next day delivery. I want expedited delivery on that answer because I have prepared, I have planned, but I have prayed my way and built up my prayer account. Purpose for your pain. Prayer can reveal the purpose for your pain. Prayer pleases the Prince of Peace. God is pleased with our pursuit. When we, when we pursue him, God is pleased. How many times have you pursued God and he doesn't speak? You don't feel anything, got no tingling, nothing going on. You're just not getting through. And then we stop. Oh, God's left me. God's not answering my prayers. God forgot about me. I had that one time, or 20, or 50. We all have. 
I was a senior in college in 1988. Don't do the math. It's none of your business how old I am. I'm at Lee College, Lee University. All these kids down here are friends of mine. They're from Lee. I'm honored to have you guys. Thank you for coming today. We got athletes. We got golfers, basketball, football. We got soccer. We got every sport represented down here. Can y'all tell them we're glad they're here? And I'm in spring convocation of my last semester at Lee University. I'm about to graduate. I got no job. I got no girlfriend. I got no wife. I got no life. I'm in the con center praying, seeking God because I'm running out of time. All my friends have jobs. They got their next assignment. A lot of them are married. They know what they're going to do the rest of their life. Those that aren't married at least got a girlfriend. Here I am with nothing, and my hair is receding. Dripping in the shower, my hair. And I'm seeking God. And I'm earnestly seeking God in the altar at the con center. And I'm praying and I'm pursuing God and I'm going after him. I'm like, God, I got nothing. I got no life. I got no future. You, you got to help me. I didn't know how praise always comes first. I didn't get that part yet. I was in that other mode. Here's my Christmas wish list. You got to get on the ball, God. I don't know how long I was there, but all I know is that when I opened my eyes, stopped praying in the Spirit, I was the only one in the con center. Nobody else was in the building. It was empty. And as God would have it, because see, some people say as luck would have it, but as God would have it, it was a God moment. The preacher that night, one of my very favorites, instead of going out the back door and getting in his car, I have no idea why other than an assignment from God, he came out into the front. And decided to come back into the sanctuary part. Well, there I was all by myself in my 20s. And I see Loran Livingston from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I ran. And I said, Brother Livingston. I said, I've been here praying. I've been pursuing God. I'm trying. I'm doing all I can. I'm trying to live holy. I'm a college kid. I, I got no job. I got no future. I got no girlfriend. I got no wife. I got no life. And God is totally silent. I've been down here praying all night long. After you preached, I've been praying all night long. And, and God's not speaking. God's forgotten about me. He just looked at me. I said, come on. What, what do I do? Pray for me. Help me. You got what, what am I supposed to do? He did this. He said, boy, here's what you need to do. You need to go out and get in your car. And you need to go to Shoney's. And you need to get you a big boy. I said, oh, okay. I'm going to try this again. Did you not hear what I just said? I am desperate. You have preached a masterful message. I have been praying all night long. And God is silent. God's not talking. God's not telling. I have no future, Brother Livingston. And you're telling me to go get a big boy. He said, boy, go over there on Keith Street to Shoney's. Get you a big boy, fries, and a Coca-Cola. God is pleased with your pursuit. Be patient with the answer. The answer's already there. He just hasn't spoken it to you yet because you're not ready yet. But God's got your back. 
He's got you covered. He's pleased with your pursuit. Don't give up. He's not forgotten about you. You will hear his voice. You will get a directive from God. He's pleased with our pursuit. Practice perfects our prayers. Practice perfects our prayers. The more you do it, the better you get. You can't play in the game if you don't go to practice. You got to go to practice, Alan Iverson. You got to go to practice. We're talking about practice. Practice perfects prayer. You have to practice prayer. You have to be consistent in prayer if you want to perfect the art of prayer. My grandfather was 99 years old when he passed last year. Had the honor of preaching his funeral. He used to pastor the North Chattanooga Church of God when it was over here on Market Street. And he used to he used to display this little pattern of prayer. See, I believe there's a pattern of prayer. And it flows this way. I've talked a little bit about Bruno Mars, so I'm going to go old school real quick. There's an old song. It used to go something like this. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about He will hear our faintest cry. Answer by and by. Feel a little prayer, we'll turn and find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your problems. He's going to hear your faintest cry, but he's going to what? He's going to answer by and by. That is the pattern of prayer. Somebody praise him right now. Prayer provides power and perseverance, preparing the way for victory. Provides power and perseverance, preparing the way for victory. Power. We need power. When we pray, we need powerful prayers. We need perseverance. We need to know that we're going to pray until we get through. Pray through till you break through. Preparation for your victory. Pat Robertson said it this way. Every great work of God was preceded by prayer. Run the race. Don't quit. Never give up. You know what the Olympic athletes creed for America is? I have prepared. I will follow the rules. I will not quit. They prepare four years to run one race. If it's a 110 meter dash it's 10 seconds. Four years of preparation for one 10-second race that if they hurt their ankle the day before, or they get a cough the day before, they've worked four years and don't even get to run. Esther prepared 12 months for one night with the king. Esther bathed in oil and myrrh for six months she took another six months in addition to the first six months, another six months preparing herself with cosmetics and perfume, preparing for one night with the king. Preparation provides separation. Preparation, Esther's preparation saved an entire generation of Jews. Twelve months for one night. Preparation, perseverance. Perseverance. 
Then comes the victory. I have a 5P prayer that I pray. You've heard me pray it here. Every day I pray this same prayer. Been praying it for 15 years probably. Peace, protection, prosperity, promotion, and productivity over all of you. Peace, protection, prosperity, promotion, and productivity over my children. Peace, protection, prosperity, promotion, and productivity over my marriage, over my family, over my work, over my ministry. Peace, we need the Prince of Peace that passes all understanding. We need peace. We need peace in our world today. We need peace. We need unity. We need to come together as the body of Christ. We need to lead the way. I hate it when churches criticize other churches because they do it differently than we do. Don't criticize it. Be thankful that they're not in a bar somewhere, that they're in church somewhere. They don't worship like I do. I don't like all that. Get over it. Peace, unity, harmony. I don't like that song. That song's not anointed. What is that? Rattle? Give me a break. What is that? We got to sing Have a Little Talk with Jesus. I like both of them. Protection. God knows we need protection right now. We need protection from the attacks of the enemy. I pray every day for 100% protection from head to toe over my children as they depart my house. Peace, protection, prosperity. Oh, Lord, I knew that guy was quirky. I knew when I saw him, he's one of those prosperity preachers. I'm not talking about goofy stuff. Although I did live in Atlanta 22 years. <laughs> we got a little crazy down, a little cray-cray down in Atlanta. I'm not talking about having three jets, ten condos, and five houses. I'm talking about having enough. Prosperity means that I got everything that I need and a couple things I want. Is that okay? If you work hard and you pay your tithes and you give and you support the ministry, it's okay every now and then if I want to go out and buy me some nice Adidas. Prosperity. Having enough. Peace, protection, prosperity, promotion. I don't want to live my life in the same position. I don't want to work 30 years and never get promoted. I want to be rewarded for the good job that I'm doing, so I want to be promoted. I, I'm not into self-promotion. I'm not going to sing how great I am. But I want recognition for the effort that I'm giving, right? God, give me promotion. When that new job comes open and it's posted and I apply for that, give me favor in that interview because I want that promotion. Productivity, I don't want to be viewed as lazy. I want to be somebody that says, man, that guy gets going every day. That guy's working for the kingdom every day. Productivity, be productive in your job. Get up and make a difference every day in your job. Don't lay in the bed and play PlayStation all day. I said it, Fortnite, 2K, I'm hurting somebody right now. <laughs> Be productive. Do something with the gifts God has given you to contribute to society. Pick a brother or a sister up. Be productive. Peace, protection, prosperity, promotion, productivity. You want to be successful in life? Pass on a productive prayer life to the next generation. 
Teach your kids how to pray. Teach your grandchildren the power of releasing prayer into their lives. Teach them that praise always comes first. You enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Teach them that praise precedes petition. Don't go to God with your wish list. Go in there and praise him before you ask to receive back. Give him something before you ask him for something. That's a successful life. I've been married 25 years. 25? I'm going to be 26 next week. 26. Go ahead. Y'all are clapping for her saying, how did she stay with him that long? 25 years. Stephanie will tell you 23 of them were pretty good. 25 years, but when we got married on our marriage night, on our honeymoon, we began that night with an embrace, holding hands, praying this prayer, this one prayer, 25 years every night. 25 years every night, 25 years when we were irritated at each other, 25 years when the day didn't go the way we planned it, 25 years when we had more month than we had money, 25 years when our kids were acting up, that was very rare by the way, 25 years sometimes when we didn't want to, 25 years when at midnight we're still talking through things, at 3 a.m. we hadn't gone to sleep, 25 years Lord, help us to love each other more tomorrow than we did today. Verbally, audibly, out loud, where the devil can hear it. After the attacks, after not a very good day, just a few of them, not many. But when it happened, we made a deal. We weren't going to let the sun go down. We weren't going to go to sleep till we worked it out. The couch is not an option. Don't go in there and lay on the couch. We're going to hang in here because we took a vow. I'm going to honor that vow, and I'm going to say, Lord, help me to love her more tomorrow than I did today. Pass that on to your kids, the power of prayer. I'm done. I'm going to close it out. We're going to get out early. Is that okay? But I can't close it before we pray. We've been talking about prayer the whole day. We're getting ready to go into a time of prayer. And here's what I want to say to you as you're standing. I told you earlier, praise Him for your past. Some of you not gotten over your past yet. Some of you not over past last night. Some of you, your mind, you, you just, you can't get there because you're challenged, you're tempted you feel like, sometimes you feel like a failure. It's easy for Satan to get in our minds. There's a battle going on for your mind today. One's telling you you can't. Jesus is telling you you can. Not only is Jesus telling you you can, Jesus is saying I can. Jesus is saying you can do all things through me who strengthens you. But you've not gotten over the past. And today we're going to give an opportunity to get over the past. Today we're going to give an opportunity to rededicate and live the way you used to live. When you first got saved and you were excited 
about faith, about God, about this word, about all the things that's in this word. There's a mathematical equation that I want to put up on the board that you need to understand. It's 100% foolproof. It's never been proven wrong. It says this, God's power is greater than your past. God's power is greater than your past. God's forgiveness is greater than your sin. God's power is greater than last night, than last week, than 10 years ago. God's power is greater than anything you've ever done. His ability to forgive sin is infinite. It's unchallenged. And it's available today. Right where you are, I want to pray. I want you to close your eyes. I don't want anybody looking around. Let's make this a private, sacred time. But right where you are, you'd say, I've heard this message on prayer today and I need to I need to get things right, Richie. I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. I'm here in church today. I could be a lot of other places, but I'm here in church. I'm just, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not where I want to be. And today, I'm going to seize this opportunity to get where I need to be and pursue the Prince of Peace like you preached about today. If that's you, with nobody looking around and heads are bowed, eyes are closed, Just raise your hand. Say, that's me, Rich. That's me, Rich. You can put them down. Just rest assured that if you raised your hand, you're one of many who raised your hands today. One of many that raised your hand to say, I'm going to accept that gift. I'm going to take my faith to the next level. God's power is greater than my past. And I'm going to accept that today. There are others of you in here today that would say, I love Jesus. I'm doing my best to live a holy life, but I'm challenged today. And I want to enhance my intimacy with God and enhance my prayer life. And I'm committing today, Richie, I'm going to get in the Word and I'm going to Go after God and pursue God in a prayer life like I've not ever had before. I'm going to go after God in prayer. If that's you, raise your hand. Amen. God's power is greater than your past. If you prayed that, if you raised your hand, just pray this prayer with me. Lord, I submit my life to you. I'm giving you control. I'm placing my plans in your hands. I surrender all. I'm giving you everything. Thank you for this free gift. I am clean. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we believe you're born again prayed that prayer you need to get with a team member give them a hand get with a team member get connected get in a house fire get on a serve team
Be a part of something. Get involved. So today the answer is when should you pray? The Bible says pray without ceasing. How should you pray? Praise always comes first and praise precedes petition. What should we pray for? Here's the fun part. Bring on the big. God, bring on the big. Audacious prayers, huge prayers. Ask God for anything. Bring on the big, the B-I-G, not notorious, B-I-G, blessings in God. Bring on the blessings in God, the big. And here's what I'll tell you today. When you stop worrying, when you don't let anxiety take over, when you ask yourself this question, have I prayed about it more than I've worried about it? Have I prayed about it more than I've strategized how to get my way out of it? When I, when I pray for four hours instead of laying in bed for four hours thinking about it, that's when worry subsides. That's when worry ceases. As you depart today, I'm going to pray for you, but we have orchestrated departures. Wait on your road to be dismissed. And as you go out to my right, your left, this way, if you want to come down and have a prayer team pray with you, we are willing. We are very aware of the social distancing rules. No one has to do anything. We're very aware. But if you want prayer, we will be here. Everyone else, exit and go out to the left. Raise your hands with me. Stretch your hands this way. Lord, over every person under the sound of my voice in this house and watching online. I pray this simple prayer. Pray a powerful prayer of peace, protection, prosperity, promotion, and productivity this week. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.